Hello, and welcome to episode three of the LeafCast, my podcast, talk about all things Leaf, my opinions, my thoughts, my insights, etc., etc. Um, before we join, jump into the podcast, I wanted to do a couple of housekeeping items. Um, number one, yo, shout out to everybody who has um, logged on and listened to the podcast. I'm actually quite, quite pleasantly surprised by how many people have logged on, listened, shown love, given appreciation, thoughts, whatever. Um, I've gotten some feedback about my uh, picture profile on the podcast. Some people think it's... Um, a little too ghetto, bootleg, whatever you may be. And I would say to them, that's the purpose of the picture. I'm not in a fucking palace somewhere preaching to you. I'm literally sitting in my basement with a thing, a hand sanitizer, a carbonated water, a blunt, and a mic. <laughs> so there's just a little reality to it. Um, Perhaps I will uh, select another picture that is uh, more real but uh, less cluttered to, so I won't offend uh, anyone's sensibilities as it relates to what a uh, podcast profile picture should be. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, obviously, the president and his reaction to the pandemic, but this isn't really meet the press. You know what I'm saying? Like, the whole show is not dedicated to Trump and the pandemic. But it is, you know, for lack of a better term, a pressing issue. It's on people's minds. I did want to share a few thoughts and then, you know, we'll jump into some other topics. First and foremost, and it's interesting because literally it's dovetailed on the last two shows. You've seen two new governors now, the governor of um, uh, Georgia and the governor of Florida finally acknowledge science and say, hey, we're going to have a stay-at-home order. Um, I think a couple of things that that reflects. Number one, it reflects the distinction when people talk about, hey, well, China was able to be successful as it relates to battling the virus or the disease. Um, Korea was successful. The distinction is, number one, even though those are large concentrations of individuals, China had been through multiple viruses before, so they were much more pliable to state of fucking home okay number two you know china isn't a democracy you know there's no governor with the ability to tell his citizens fuck science go outside and barbecue go to the beach and get your free corn like there's nobody doing that in china so you know i think um my most you know the funniest story i could ever call about china this is um in the late 70s, you know, and they're looking to open up trade, you know, with the U.S. and China. So um, they set up a roundtable where they brought into China, you know, multiple, you know, executives of various successful Fortune 50 companies to talk about how they did business and talk about that with China, et cetera, et cetera. So and they bring in like McDonald's and Coke and uh, in the boardroom with these Chinese officials. Because again, China, if, if some of you do not know, is a um, government-run society. You know, there's no democracy. There's a government that tells you what's what. So they sit down with these officials and they're talking about advertising. And they're like, yo, you can do billboards. You know, we do TV ads, how we, you know, show like, you know, new Coke or whatever it may be. You know, you know, cheeseburgers, whatever. We, we advertise for these things. 
And, you know, they're doing this presentation, and the Chinese officials are just sitting there looking at them like, what the fuck? And at the end of the presentation, I guess someone from the American team was like, you know, at least it became so visible. They was like, you know, what is, you know, what, what do you, do you have some thoughts about the presentations or whatever? And one guy on the Chinese side of the table just went, Sung Zhao! Sung Zhao! And he's spanging his tape, hand on the table, Sung Zhao! And what he was really saying was, the reason he's saying Sung Zhao, Sung Zhao is the, is the Chinese beer. There's one beer. There's not like Sung Zhao light. You know, Sung Zhao Ultimate. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's no competing with Sung Zhao. It's just Sung Zhao. And his point was, what are you talking about advertising? We are the beer. There's no alternative bits. Like, get the fuck out of here. And, you know, I, I say that just to say that there's a disconnect between China and the U.S. It's like, why can't we just do what the Chinese do? Like, that's just not, let's stop trying to compare the two. But one of the distinctions that you see other than their, you know, inability to bring in Amstel Light into China <laughs> is the concept that you've got, you know, literally people living in different areas, their impact, health impact to this crisis will be determined or has been determined. And I think one of the challenges is people do not understand the virus is probably already in your town. Just because no one is coughing up a lung and falling down in the middle of the fucking street, please do not fall for the fucking okie doke and think somehow, well, it hasn't come to your area yet. That's why there should be a national, hey, the, you know, again, you don't have the president, you know, I don't want to get into yesterday's podcast, but the concept is you have a president that is either inept, you know, unwilling um, who lacks the, you know, strength or rationale to understand that, hey, I am the leader of the country. I can pass an edict to tell people to stay at home. Now, you can give guidance. Now, whether governors, you know, follow that guidance, that's a different discussion, but at least you can give national guidance. That's not been done. So you still have this piecemeal response that relates to the pandemic. And what does that mean? You know, why are we talking about this? Well, Last night, you know, you hear the grim news that the, you know, there's a, first of all, I want to talk about the press conference for the pandemic. You know, there's Trump, who's the star of the pandemic. And you notice now in the last couple of days, he's starting to sweat profusely between um, the nose and the lip. I don't know whether that's just pandemic or I think he's just genuinely afraid. Uh, but you've got Trump there. Then you've got Fauci, the little small man. And then you've got uh, Bricks or Brex, whatever this white woman's name is, who's wearing every every day, at least every time I've seen on television, she's wearing a different scarf. One time it's wrapped around her neck, other time it's flowing down her shoulders. And you just want to be like, she looks like somebody's vice uh, principal. And I don't trust anything that Brex says, because I've seen her say comments before, like you just want to be like, shut the fuck up. I mean, she was like, oh, I, I've never heard of any hospitals that are understaffed who need anything. And you want to be like, I just saw some pictures of cats with trash cans on, trash bags on, in the ER room. What are you, like, is, she, she, she has, takes on this kind of Baghdad Bob mentality. And um, for those of you younger in the audience who don't know who Baghdad Bob is, um, the United States, so people don't, you know, again, if, you, if you're younger, you don't really recall this. We had two Iraq wars. We didn't have one. We did twice. We liked it so much, we did it again. We did a sequel. During the first Iraq war, first of all, it's Iraq. It's the United States of America versus Iraq. Like, who do you think is going to win? <laughs> but 
you know, like as, as Iraq, you know, is, is gearing up, and it becomes basically like it's not just the first Iraq war was different from the second Iraq war in many, many different ways. And I don't want to, you know, diverge too, 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 too much into this concept, but long and short of it was there was like, you know, say what you will about the first Bush. The first Bush got like everybody in the UN to put money behind it, it was like we're gonna kick this dude's ass. Here we come. So there's all these tanks, you know, all these airplanes that are coming. You can literally see all these planes coming in. And we're just, we're just going to do damage to Iraq. So what the U.S. does, the first thing that they do is they cut off power. Right? They cut off all your fucking power. They drop this, you know, some type of bomb device that just destroys all electric electronic ability. Then the planes come in. And literally, it was like, you know, again, for people who did not, weren't, weren't watching this in real time at the time, it's like a video game. So you just see, like, you know, there's just jets, fighter jets just going into Iraq and just fucking shit up. Now, Iraq did have, I think at the time, one of the biggest, you know, tank armies in the world. But what good is a tank when your streets are congested, the tanks really can't move, and it is just fucking you up from the, from, from the sky. It's just, 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 just wrecking shop on these dudes. So anyway, so... As the war is starting, and you can see all the you know all the U.S. forces amassing, and they're getting ready to hit Iraq. They had this dude, and he was affectionately known as Baghdad Bob. He's got like a military outfit on. He's got like a little uh, beret, and he get he's on stopping he, again. This is the the, the the electronics had already been stopped, or some of it had already been stopped at that point. I don't know how he did have a camera, and he's on top of a roof, and he's like, you know, we're about to just you know fuck America in the ass. You don't know what you're planning for. This is Iraq. You, you fucked around with the wrong dudes. It's on. And every day, you would, you know, it would get worse. His background would get worse. There'd be like, you know, plumes of smoke in the background. Shit would be on fire. And he would still be talking shit. He'd be like, we're about to, we're slaying all the infidels. We're turning back the Americans. No one can stop us. It's just, and, and you could see the carnage around him that spoke directly opposite to the message that he was trying to convey. And I think the last day, you know, his beret was off, his hair was askew, he's got like smoke on his face, and he's like, we're still kicking your ass, and you can literally see like planes overhead bombing shit. So, you know, he's especially known as Baghdad Bob, but what he's synonymous with is telling you some shit that your, that your eyes clearly know is not going on. It's almost like the shaggy defense, it wasn't me. It's like, so, so you get this white woman on, it's like, well, you know, things aren't that bad. And she says, if we do everything perfectly, a hundred thousand dollars. And you're like, people, and then Trump goes, and well, you know, could have been higher, could have been seven million dollars. It's like, all right, well, you know, that, that I don't know how helpful that is to anybody. That's like if somebody hits your car and says, well, it could have been worse. I could have killed you, and you know, and damaged your car. It's like, all right, well, my car is still fucked up. So, so, but you know, it's like a hundred thousand dollars. And people start to fixate on this number. Oh, it's only going to be $100,000, $100,000, maybe $200,000. But you remember, you have to remember the caveat that the white woman said. If we do everything right, look at the state of Georgia. Look at the state of Florida. Think about the fact that right now, if you're in New York City, which is the epicenter of the pandemic, I can still get on a plane and I can fly anywhere in the United States of America. I can fly around. I can get in my car. I can drive to any other state. Now, they say travel advisories, but the travel advisories, guess what? That's just advisory. That's not real. That's not like I don't think arrest somebody. So, this concept that number one, you know, we have done everything right is just asinine. 
And then the second part of it is because people can have the virus and you have not shown symptoms, it is bizarre for them to be like, well, we don't want to have a national lockdown because some areas may not need the national lockdown. And you want to be like, how do you know? You haven't tested anyone. You know, so it's just all just nonsense talk. But you have to understand that some of the battleground as it relates to these states, you know, for instance, Georgia is a perfect example where the decision was, you know, Stacey Abrams or whoever the governor, Kemp, the governor now. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you were Republican or Democrat. I think objectively, if you listen to Kemp talk, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like it wouldn't, it wouldn't make you feel comfortable if you heard Kemp say anything. Like, if you were at, like, I don't know, Best Buy, and you were like, you know, can you bring out the electronics or the TV expert, and Kemp came out, you wouldn't be like, you'd be like, oh, I gotta go someplace else. Like, it just, he doesn't instill confidence that he knows anything about anything. And his, and his response about why he decided this late into the game to finally, you know, enforce an end, end the stay-at-home order is like, well, I didn't know. It's like, bullshit, you didn't know. The reality is that these Republicans, and as we talked about in some of the earlier podcasts, the base of that party is a strong religious right. We don't need vaccinations. Um, the you know again kind of this kind of um, denial of science. You know, you know I mean, as, as as much as that is funny, you don't understand. There is a significant portion of the population that does not believe in evolution. There is a significant portion of the population that doesn't believe in, you know, vaccines. And it's like, you know, God will help me. I'm sure Jerry Falwell Jr. right now has got a college open. People are sick in the college. I don't know why it's open. You know, it's just, these are the things that are going on in the world. So, you know, it is what it is. But going back to the whole thought process here, and I, you know, I want to move on to other topics and I, you know, not just fixate everything on Trump, but... When they tell you, when anytime he tells you anything, take it with a grain of salt greatly. But when you go to and you hear these press conferences with this woman, understand that she's just a lying devil. Um, there's no other way to put it. And don't believe a thing that she says. Fauci, on the other hand, people have given Fauci, oh, he's a great guy, he's doing great things, or whatever. And it's like, okay. You give him credit, and it's such a sad state to be in when you give someone credit for just saying factual statements. But you got to remember, you know, again, go back in time, not too long ago, less than a week ago. I remember it. President Bush, you know, he didn't, excuse me, President Trump, President Trump, he's got, you know, one of these, you know, Oval Office Corona breachings, and he says people should go back to work by Easter. He said that. You remember him saying that. People were listening. Oh, he's going to be everything. going to be done by Easter. He's like, people could be in church by Easter. You know, I think it's going to be done by Easter. When he was saying those comments, okay? I mean, again, we've talked about before. Obviously, he knew the pandemic was coming. But even when he's making those comments about Easter, he knows those comments not to be true. But yet you have Fauci standing there. And I guess later on, Fauci's like, well, I just can't grab the mic and slap his ass there. No, every time he says something wrong and just jump in and just start saying some shit. And I agree with that. I understand the point. But my whole point is, did you hear Fauci say that's some bullshit? Like, you never heard that. He just kind of was like, oh, well, you know, we should stay on side for a little bit longer. He never said that's some bullshit. And my point is, if he is to be trusted as, as many Americans do trust him, You've got to be able to say that's some bullshit 
this is not a guy that you can allow to go unfettered. Fuck for people like me, because, you know, inherently I will never trust anything that Trump says. But there's a lot of Americans, you know, middle America, these other places in the South, you know, who listen to this guy and for whatever the reason, you know, believe what he's saying. And if you as a doctor, you know, don't, you know, outwardly challenge and correct the things that he is saying, you know, you literally are, you know, are, are, are creating malpractice as it relates to the United States of America. You know, as people literally need to understand, you know, again, unless you are on fire, you should be home. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just as simple as that. You know, and again, obviously, you know, there's exceptions to that, and that's a, that's an extreme statement. But you know, just, just, just take the whole thing with, you know, a grain of salt. So, anyways, let's let's move off of Trump um, a little bit. Talk about some other things. Uh, I saw an article that was interesting to me. You know, I'm not on social media. That's a discussion for a later day. But, you know, I understand social media. Or I understand what it is. And one of the things that's always been interesting to me that I never really got was the concept of an influencer. Because in my mind, I don't know anybody that I would think about that would be an influencer for me. You know, I, you know, like, look at this person. Look what they're doing. And I'm going to follow them. But, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, you know, whatever. So this white woman who is a social media influencer, she lives in, you know, the you know upper west side of New York City. She's obviously her and her husband have done very well. And God bless them. I'm not a person that hates anybody who's successful. God bless them. But she, you know, again, shows you number one, why would you videotape these things and share it with other people? She's like, me and my family, like the four of us are getting, taking the dog and we're going to get in the RV and we're leaving New York City. Now, New York is the epicenter of the pandemic. We don't even know, like, what are the, like, like I said before, you can literally have no symptoms and have the disease. Your thought is to get in a fucking RV and then drive to the West Coast. She said, we're going to drive out West and say where that was. And quite frankly, I don't give a shit. And people started to get on her and attack her. Like, this is ridiculous. This is selfish. You should be in the house, blah, blah, blah. And her argument was, we are in an RV. Um, we are not going outside. We're just going to get gas and just drive the RV. And I'm like, bullshit. At some point in time, you're going to get out of the fucking RV. And whether you get out of the RV to get gas, um, whether you get out of the RV for anything, or better yet, when you get to your destination, you will get out of that RV. And guess the fuck what you'll be doing? Spreading the disease. Not only will you be spreading it, you'll be spreading it unwittingly to people that don't even fucking know. So that would make you, in my mind, an asshole. Anyway, so, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure I could be wrong, and I'm sure there's some wonderful influencing that she's doing right now on YouTube or somewhere, you know, on social media that would, you know, rebut all these comments. I want to talk a little bit about something else in the pandemic, which is sports. Um, you know, even before the pandemic, because of, you know, streaming shows, like, I, I literally... To be honest with you, I can't think of one show that I tune in for. Meaning, like, I'm like, all right, it's Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Everybody shut up. I've got to watch X. Like, you can just, you know, you tape it. It's on demand. You stream it. There's just no, there's, there's very few things that you literally, you know, must see TV uh, anymore outside of sports. Sports is the one thing that you need to tune in on time, whatever, whatever. You know, watch, watch whatever you're watching. So now there's no sports. You know, to the chagrin of everyone, oh, my goodness, there's no sports. You have many channels dedicated to sports, talk shows dedicated to sports. It's like, what should we put on the air? 
I, you know, ESPN, I actually tuned in on ESPN the other day, and they were, like, showing, like, I guess the whole series between Cleveland and Golden State from, like, three to four years ago. I don't even know what it was. But it's just like, you know, I know the outcome. I'm not going to, if they just had, like, a 20-minute thing that put together, like, the best plays of every game in the series, you know, maybe I could see myself kind of watching that. But to watch, like, a whole fucking, like, just to watch a whole basketball game that you have seen before just seems like I just have, you know, again, I can find other things to do with my time uh, besides that. So I, I saw, you know, replays of basketball games, replays of football games, this kind of type of stuff. And then there's wrestling. Um, one of the most interesting things about wrestling, at least for me, I'm all good, and I don't have a problem with, like, I like the, when they talk shit. So when they're, like, you know, doing the interviews and they're talking shit, like, I'll beat this guy's ass and all that kind of shit like that. You know, I like that. But can I watch a full episode of two men oiled down in what appears to be leather shorts, like, dry humping one another up and down on the mat? No, nah, I'm not into that. I'm good on that. Um, that's, I'm also good on MMA. Like, you know, boxing is enough for me. I don't need to see two men, again, in their underwear, on the floor, trying to make another man submit. Like, I'm good on that. I'm not here to judge anybody, and I want everybody to be, you know, happy and whatever their proclivities are. Mine are just not derived from watching, you know, half-naked men, you know, spoon each other on the mat. But, whatever. So, I guess they're still trying to do some MMA fights or whatever, you know. But, but you know, I'm, I'm not into MA. But what the thing that I am interested in is like what do gamblers do? That's the one thing the underbelly of sports is like people gamble on sports. So it's like, well, why are you, you can't gamble on, you know, basketball, football, all those things are done. So what are you gambling on? I've heard people gambling on wrestling. And it's like, well, you do know wrestling's fake. What? No, yeah, it's fake. I'm sorry if I ruined that for any of the audience members. Uh, wrestling is scripted. Uh, wrestling is fake. Uh, it's not a sport. <laughs> it's stop saying it's a sport. Um, you know, you can say it's an athletic, you know, um, activity. I guess, sure, but you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the show on Vegas Thunder Down Under. That's what wrestling reminds me of. But anyways, let's just I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> if you've ever been to Vegas, you'll see the the uh, you know the uh, the, the the posters uh, for the show. So you know. It is what it is. It's an interesting time for sports, the lack thereof. So the question is, all right, well, what do you do if there's no sports? Like, if you're a dude, what do you do? Um, I hope, as I said before, that you're, that you're inside. You know, don't, don't be that person who's running outside unless you have to go outside. So you're stuck in the house. You know, what can you do? So, you know, I think, you know, as I was talking on the last podcast, you know, I have an Xbox. I bought it, you know, for my son. Um, typically in life, you know, I used to play video games when I was in college. But I think the problem with video games is that it requires time. <laughs> like, not really. I mean, ever, I, I challenge you if you have time now, you know, watch somebody sit down and like play a game of Madden or, you know, NBA 2K or any of these games it's not like you can just pick up the stick and just do all the moves. You gotta, you know, practice. There's shit that has to be done. And it's almost, in and of itself, like a job. It's amazing in that respect. 
in terms of, you know, the time that you need to spend every day to get better at it. I remember back in the day, this is like my last foray into video gaming, I got like um, Grand Theft Auto. Like one of the very earlier versions of Grand Theft Auto. And I got to a certain point in the game and I just couldn't pass that part in the game. And I remember I was telling somebody, you know, I got this part in the game and I can't get any further. And the guy was like, no, all you got to do is jump over the counter and grab the, you know, the left bag of salt and pour it on the table. And that's how you get it. And I was just like, number one, how did he figure that out? You know, so like, like, how much time did it take him to figure out if only you jumped over the table and grabbed the second salt shaker and threw it on the table that would allow you to advance into the next mission? So that was number one. And then number two, like, I just don't have the time. And then, you know, I'm just not as proficient. Like, I, I could never, like, again, I, I've seen people play, you know, I pick on Madden a little bit, but I've seen people make Madden. It looks cool. It does. I'm not going to front and say it doesn't, but... Just in terms of knowing the number of buttons, combinations of buttons, and the intricacies of it, like, it just doesn't interest me at all. Because, like, you know, typically, you know, either you have, like, a job <laughs> that you would need to go to, uh, children that you would need to spend time with, a significant other that would be looking at you like you're crazy. So, it just, it just never lent itself to that amount of time. But now, all of a sudden, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the quarantine, you got time for a whole bunch of shit. So I have, um, you know, started or tried to start playing Xbox again. And again, I think my point, my only complaint about Xbox is why, about Xbox is why are the game so fucking hard? You know, what? <laughs> I don't want to spend 45 minutes to an hour trying to figure out how to advance to one level to the next. Like I, I bought a Red Dead Redemption 2. And I literally had to have my son, like, every five minutes, like, Google, all right, like, what do you do next? And it was just too much for me. You know, so, it, it, again, as much as, you know, video games are a great, you know, time suck, they are a time suck. And so, I, I don't know how longer you'll see me on the Xbox, but, hey, I got nothing but time under quarantine. So, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um... One of the things we talked about very briefly, and you start to hear these rumblings of when are people going to go back to work? Well, I would say to you, people are working now. We're just not going to offices and going outside. So, uh, you know, to me, the language is something that you always have to check yourself or check what these people are telling you. The other piece of language that I find to be interesting that I now hear, I heard Deborah Brinks say this, and you start to see this now where these political, especially these, you know, these, um, you know, Republicans are saying things along the lines, well, the virus is impacting urban areas. All right. Now you're smart. What do you think an urban area is? Or what do you think that's supposed to mean? That's code for. And really what they're trying to get these gullible white people who watch, you know, Fox News every day and think Sean Hannity is like a real individual. I, I personally think um, Sean, Hannity, Sean Hannity died like several years ago and they're just using like some type of like a puppet just to spew bizarre things to people. I don't think a real human being would say some of the things that Sean Hannity uh, has said. And I would also say to Sean, you know, lay off the scotch. Your jaws, you start to get jowls at a very you know young age there, Sean. But 
you have people that are watching these networks, have watched them religiously, listen to this type of shit, and it's different when you know he's like, oh, you know, president created crime, or you know, you know, Obama's the worst motherfucker in the world. You know, again, these things are true, but are these things going to, you know, if you believe these things, are you going to, you know, literally lessen your uh, survival on the planet? You know, probably not. But when you've got these motherfuckers, and it's a hoax. You know, the virus is here to bring down the Trump presidency. And he's like, well, it's like, well, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, now, we're, now we're on the crazy bus and we're going off a cliff. And there's literally people who believe this. You have to understand as much as you, as a rational, learned human being, there is six people that are the direct opposite of you that, you know, have like three teeth. You know, like, you know, drink, you know, Budweiser and listen, you know, think, like I said, like everything Trump said is, you know, for, from the Bible. I mean, there's a reason why. I mean, when he says, like, I'm, you know, I'm the greatest president ever and, you know, great greatest president Lincoln and they do polls and people actually believe that or say that he is, there's a reason why. Because you've got a, literally a full network devoted 24-7 telling you that is indeed the truth, even though, you know, you would probably understand that that is not true if you took five minutes to even Google something, let alone, don't listen to me, Google your fucking phone. You'd understand the distinction, you know, about some of this stuff. So, for some of you guys um, that were expecting the uh, bailout checks to start rolling in, you know, I read somewhere that they're not going to come in for another 20 months. So this is like, I don't even know what the purpose is. Like, you could be dead by the time the check gets here. It's like, just pass the check on to my next of kin. Um, you know, so it, it, it's just an amazing time, to say the least. You know, I do recommend that we all try to stay positive during these time periods. I know some of the topics that I talk about are somewhat gloomy. I try to give them somewhat of a humorous light. But I do think these are things that, hey, you know, you got to be aware of. You know, you can't stick your head in the sand and just put your, you know, hands hands over your ears and hope everything is going to be all right. It's not going to be all right um, if you do that. You've got to be able to understand what's going on. And then the last, you know, piece about this, you know, before we get into some, you know, other topics is, hey, this is real. And what I mean by that is your only ability as a citizen to impact, to change the trajectory of the pandemic is to one, stay home, but the best thing that you can do outside of staying home is please fucking vote. If you don't vote, you should just assume that you're going to get four more years of the bullshit. And not even four more years, oh, you know, he's a crazy fun guy. I'm talking about four more years of making catastrophic decisions in the midst of any type of controversy or anything that comes up at all. That is your alternative. And I know that sounds, you know, very, you know, dark. And I'm not, you know, again, there's a lot of issues one can point out with Biden. But if someone said to me, you can pick between Trump and a plant, I would pick the plant. Okay? I would pick a non-sentient object over Trump to be president of the United States because I know the tr the fucking plant would do less harm than this dickhead. So, you know, something to be said, please don't get frustrated. Go out and fucking vote. Um, the last topic I want to talk about, you know, and I, I want to give you guys some 
time back on your calendars and your schedules, etc. And I appreciate you listening. I saw this. Somebody uh, flipped this over to me. There is a strip club uh, in my jurisdiction called Stadium. And they said, Stadium is still open. And I thought to myself, I, I never even thought to ask what Stadium open. I was more concerned about, is Chick-fil-A open? Is Chick-fil-A considered essential? Can I still go to a drive-thru and pick up some Chick-fil-A? I was not enthused or I'd never thought about, you know, hey, the hours of stadium during a pandemic. But rest assured, uh, stadium, the strip club is open. And I guess it's open, you know, you can watch it on some type of uh, live feed somewhere. I don't know. I guess I don't know how you would. I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I went to stadium once. I had a uh, dear friend of mine who wanted to have his uh, bachelor party at stadium. This is many years ago. And this is when I guess stadium was referenced in like a Drake song. So everybody wanted to go check it out, whatever, whatever. So we went to stadium. Um, here's, there's two things that you should know if once the pandemic is over, if you happen to go to stadium, is number one, this is, I remember when I went there, this is, I think, the beginning of the ass implant, like, thing that got really fashionable. I guess some people are still doing that. And so you see these chicks who clearly, you could tell it wasn't that they're real ass. It looks almost like a chicken. You've got, like, a person in this really bizarre-looking, you know, ass. And so that was kind of weird. But D.C., although they have um, strip clubs, there is a requirement that says you cannot touch the ladies at the club. So it's more like um, modeling, you know, in my mind than it is, you know, a strip club or anything like that. It's just, you know, women posing and, you know, undergarments. So great. Um, the time I went, I remember there was like a woman in a, a wheelchair. She wasn't a stripper. She was there as a customer. But, you know, it's just people that come in. But I remember the takeaways that I had from going to a uh, stadium. I believe it was $40 to get in, which is complete utter bullshit. But we got up in there, and I remember I was there. I was there with uh, another good friend of mine. And um, this woman comes up to us. And, you know, first of all, when you get there, one of the, one of the interesting things is literally like there's, you know, women hanging from the ceilings, you know, doing things, there's chicks on poles. It's not a big place, okay? I think, you know, you know, you see stuff in the videos like that, you think it's like a huge place. It's really not that big a place. Um, so we get up in there and we're standing there while I'm watching this whole thing go down and this woman comes up and she grabs, you know, she lightly grabs me and my friend by the arm and she was like, I'm getting ready to dance on this small little table. Come over here and watch me dance. And I was like, hey, please don't touch me. You know, I can't touch you. You should not touch me. You know, because I mean, again, I'm not a germaphobe or any of those type of things. But this broad literally just got her hands off of a pole. I don't know how many chicks have been rubbing their fucking butt, butt crack and vagina onset pole. You know, again, there was no hand sanitizer at the time or anything. It was just this chick. So... Anyway, so she, you know, we're like, we're good, you know, whatever. So she, I see her walk around. She does the same thing. She gets a couple other dudes and she, and they come up and they're uh, watching her on the stage. And she's, you know, kind of posing and dancing to music, whatever it may be. 
And these dudes, you know, again, some everybody's different, you know. Some people react very differently to a strip club, and some people get like very, very excited. I don't, I don't know why that is, but you, if you, if you ever been to one, there's always a guy who's like more amped up than he should be, like he's about to win the lottery, like or he has won the lottery when he's just out of place and there's naked women. But anyway, so this dude fucking just gets excited, and he starts jumping up and down and slapping his broad ass like. And the girl stops dancing for a second. And she was like, honey, there's no touching um, in strip clubs in D.C. You can just watch me. And they're throwing money in the air. I, I've never gotten into that. Um, I've never thrown money in the air. Um, just doesn't, I don't, it doesn't derive, I don't derive any satisfaction um, from throwing money in the air. But when you're in stadium, people are throwing money in, like just throwing shit in the air. And I remember at the time, like thinking to myself, like, you know, I made good money. What am I doing wrong that I could not... And again, I could not afford just to take money and just throw it in the fucking air. So anyways, this dude continues to smack this broad ass or, or commences to go back to smacking on ass as she's dancing. She doesn't really say anything about it the second time it happens. She's letting it happen. and slapping him on the ass. And from out of the blue, I was watching the whole thing go down. Two bounces that were like literally built like wrestlers. Like two huge bounces come up from behind and just beat the shit out of the dude. Like, just, I mean, I've seen fights in my time, so, you know, it's not like, oh my goodness, it's a fight, but number one, they came at him from behind, so he didn't even have a chance. And number two, there wasn't even like a, hey, can you please stop touching the dancers, sir, or nothing. They just whooped his ass. And they whip his ass. And so at that point in time, while this dude is literally getting like the life stomped out of him, I turn to my boy and I'm like, yep, that's it. I gotta go. Let's let's get the fuck out of here. So we get the rest of the group and um we're leaving the, the club. So we're outside the club and it's like, you know, now it's like six of us and you know, some guys are like, Oh, why do we leave? It's so early. And I'm just like, look, I didn't tell you that you had to fucking leave. I'm saying I'm fucking leaving. And so now we're in the parking lot, we're going back and forth, and meanwhile. I see out of the corner of my eye, the dude who got his ass kicked is now outside, you know, um, you know, trying to, you know, recuperate or whatever in the, in the street. You know, now his uh, boys, whoever he's came with or whatever, has realized, you know, my man has gotten his ass beat in the fucking street. So now they're literally outside the strip club, four or five dudes like, yo, they beat up Jamal. We're going to go back in there. Whoop that ass. Da, da, da. And they're literally plotting revenge on going in there and assaulting the bouncers who did this to him. Right behind them are the police. Like, I'm not even like, not, not even like, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, like literally right behind, not 30, 40 feet, but like right behind them are the police, literally like just with their handcuffs out, you know, gun on the side, just like, just want to say one more inflammatory thing. We're going to lock you up before we even get into the spot. And I was like, I, I just got to go you know, you know, I'm down for many things, but getting shot, you know, is not one of them. Anyways, look at, I know this podcast is uh, ran a little long. I appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. I appreciate uh, all the feedback and all that good stuff. And as I said before, and I will continue to say, please be safe. Um, be situated. Be mindful of your environment. Use your brain. Read the articles about what's going on. Just don't listen to what these dumb fucks tell you on television. Don't be a sheep. Don't follow the masses. 
you know, make your own decisions. And what I mean by make your own decisions, stay home. Thanks so much. Keep it real.